Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. To become a supporter of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. All right, welcome everyone. This week's Parsha is a very challenging one for reasons that we'll talk about in just a moment. Before I get started, I wanted to say thank you to one new weekly podcast sponsor who wished to remain anonymous, but I still want to thank them and thank all of those who support 7-Minute Torah on a weekly basis. If you would like to support 7-Minute Torah, there are a couple of ways you can do that. You can go to patreon.com slash 7minutetorah and sign up to give a small amount, a dollar or two per episode. You can also go to lasok.org, L-A-A-S-O-K dot org, and click on support Lasok in the menu, and then you can give a one-time donation to support the production of this podcast. So thank you to all those who do support us. Thanks to everybody who shows up each week to learn with me. This week's Parsha is Shmini. Shmini is Leviticus 9 through 11. Now, Leviticus, as you all know, is the book of Levitical things. And for the last several weeks of Parshiot, we've been dealing with all this priestly stuff, sacrifice and offerings, the various kinds of offerings that were made in the ancient tabernacle and the ancient temple, the way they were made, who made them, what the priests did, how they slaughtered the animal, all these details of priestly things. This week, the Torah continues that to some extent, and then also tells a related but tragic story. This is the beginning of Leviticus chapter 10, and it takes place right after the Mishkan, the sanctuary, has been fully inaugurated and worship has begun there. It says, Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu, each took his firepan. Now, Aaron is, of course, the high priest. And so his sons, Nadav and Avihu, these are his older sons, are the next in line to be priests. They are of the priestly line, and they are permitted to offer sacrifices. But it says they each took their firepan, put fire in it, and laid incense on it. And they offered before God alien fire or strange fire, which had not been commanded them. And fire came forth from before God, and it consumed them. And therefore they died right there before God. So in the midst of all this celebration of the inauguration of a new worship space, we have this tragedy in which two priests, two sons of Aaron, are consumed by fire because of something they did wrong. The Torah never tells us exactly what was so strange about this strange fire. Was it because they hadn't asked permission? Was it because 
they hadn't consulted with Aaron and Moses? Was it because they did something ritually wrong? Was it because they were inebriated, as the Midrash suggests? There's a whole lot of possibilities and very few answers about what went wrong here. And compounding the challengingness of this incident is what happens next in verse 3, where Moses turns to Aaron and says, This is what God meant when God said, I will become holy by means of those who are close to me. And then the Torah says, Aaron was silent. So this terrible tragedy has just occurred. Moses turns to Aaron and says, Your sons have helped make God holier through this happening. And Aaron is silent. He says nothing. We would have expected Aaron to cry out in grief. We would have expected him to yell and run up to where his sons have just died. We would have expected a whole lot of things. But Aaron was completely silent. Now, I want to relate this to something that's going on in the real world. You might see where I'm going with this. I am recording this the day after yet another mass shooting in the United States, this time at a bank in Louisville that left five people dead. And of course, only a week or two after the terrible shooting at the Christian school in Nashville, where three adults and three children were killed, the United States is experiencing an absolute epidemic of gun violence. And so much of it is happening in schools. So much of it involves children being harmed, being killed. What is happening in the United States to a certain extent is that children are being sacrificed on the altar of the society's unwillingness to change, of the silence of a society. And so as I was reading this Parsha with all of these thoughts swirling in my mind, and when I saw Vayidom Aharon, Aaron was silent, the first thing I thought was, Aaron, why are you silent? Why aren't you speaking up? You just lost your children, for God's sake. Why aren't you speaking up about what just happened? Because, of course, that's what I thought a reasonable response from Aaron would have been. So I looked through some of the commentators to try to understand what this silence means. What does it mean that Aaron was silent after this great tragedy occurred? And different commentators have different things to say. This is a modern commentary, a modern sermon by Rabbi Jim Bennett of St. Louis. I actually know Rabbi Bennett a little bit. He was the senior rabbi in my former congregation when I served in Charlotte, North Carolina, but he left before I got there. Rabbi Bennett says, We can't blame Aaron. After all, he's just lost two of his sons. The compassionate and proper thing is to allow him his silence and pain, his loss and introspection. What can he say after all? In the humbling and overwhelming moments of loss, there is nothing to say. End quote. And so I respect Rabbi Bennett's approach here, which is to say that maybe silence is where we go when we can't fathom the depth of a loss that's occurring. And I think that makes sense in an individual, interpersonal kind of way. But, and Rabbi Bennett points this out in his sermon as well, 
it doesn't make sense in a societal way. Because unlike the death of Aaron's two sons, which is mysterious and confusing, and it's not exactly clear what's going on there in the text, what's happening in American society right now is not mysterious. And it demands not silence, but words. It demands not inaction, but action. It demands that people stand up and say that something is wrong, that something needs to change with regard to the way that we deal with guns in this society. This is a situation that demands activism, not silence. Now, having now made that demand, I want to root it back in the text, because it turns out that Aaron is not so silent after all, that maybe Aaron can be a model for the kind of activism that a moment like this demands. Looking at some of the traditional commentators, they understand his silence a little different. The Ramban, Nachmanides, says that Aaron had cried aloud. His first response was to cry aloud, and then he became silent, which is to say, of course Aaron is feeling these feelings. Of course he's feeling these emotions. But after crying out, he somehow became silent. He decided to do something else with his emotions besides simply cry out. And the something I think we can find in yet another commentary. This is from Rabbi Ovadia Sporno, a 16th century Italian commentator. He says that Aaron consoled himself after Moses told him that the death of his sons represented Kiddush Hashem, represented a sanctification of God's name. So Aaron's silence now represents not a silence of indifference, God forbid, and not a silence of helplessness. This isn't to say that Aaron was silent because he believed he could do nothing. He was silent because he believed that his son's deaths could be a Kiddush Hashem, that they could represent some kind of sanctification of God's name. Now, to a certain extent, that's appalling. How could the death of children possibly represent a sanctification of God's name? And I would suggest that the only way that's possible is if a death leads to change. The only way there could be any sanctification, any holiness in the kind of terribleness that we're reading about in this parsha, or that we're seeing in society right now is if it somehow leads to change. And in order to understand that, I want to turn us to one other text. This is Pirkei Avot. Uh, Avot is the Talmud's tractate of ethical sayings. And this is from chapter 1, Mishnah 12, where Hillel, the great Hillel, the great sage of the first century, gives some advice for life. He says, be like the disciples of Aaron. What does it mean to be like the disciples of Aaron? What does it mean to live a life like Aaron lived? Ohev shalom verodef shalom. You should love peace and you should pursue peace. So Hillel's statement here is meant to be a kind of an ethical advice for us how to go through life. Go through life loving peace, pursuing peace. Go through life trying to make the world a more peaceful place than it is right now. And that's beautiful in and of itself. But what's incredible about it is that he ties it back to Aaron. The very same Aaron that we're reading about in this Parsha. The very same Aaron who just lost his two sons is understood a thousand years later, in the time of Hillel, to have been someone whose mission on earth 
was to love and pursue peace, to make the world a more peaceful place than it was. And I want to suggest that this is the result of Aaron's having lost his two sons. I want to suggest that Aaron's activism, Aaron's mission to make a more peaceful world, is the result of having witnessed the tragic deaths of his two sons. And it's that activism that's brewing in the silence that we read about in this week's Torah portion. In other words, when Aaron saw his sons die senselessly, his first reaction was to cry out this sheer outpouring of emotion. But then he got quiet because he knew that what he had to do was to be an activist. He knew that what he had to do was to take on the mission of changing the things that had brought about the death of his sons, and that that was the only possible way that their deaths could represent anything holy, that their deaths could represent any kind of Kiddush Hashem. And I think it's the same in our society right now. The only way to possibly make any sense of the horrible violence that's going on in this society is for it to spur change, is for it to spur activism, for it to spur us to be like the disciples of Aaron, loving peace and pursuing peace. You cannot have peace when you have a proliferation of violent assault weapons on the streets. You cannot have peace when children don't feel safe going to school, you cannot have peace. Unlike Aaron in this Parsha, we cannot be silent. There is just no space for silence in this conversation right now. But like Aaron in this Parsha, what the moment demands right now is for us to try to change the conversation, for us to learn from what has happened and make this conversation about what it's really about which is the well-being of a generation of children. Vaidoma Haron, Aaron may have been momentarily silent, but after that he understood that he had a job to do and he had a world to change. We also have a society to transform right now. So let us speak up and let us be like the disciples of Aaron who hold a vision of a more peaceful society and who pursue it and who work to bring it about. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great week. Seven Minute Torah is a production of La Asok. Sacred texts, modern meaning. If you enjoyed this program, please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash seven minute Torah. For more information about upcoming learning opportunities, Go to laasoka.org, L-A-A-S-O-K dot org. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Thanks for listening.